0: want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all new issue of Geek in the City Radio and thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and you know co-workers wherever you happen to know enjoys podcasts Um, while you're sharing it if you can give us a five star review on iTunes, Google Play Spotify uh, Podbean where our show originates from anywhere that you can give us a five star rating would be appreciated it helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you and if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash city. You can interact with uh, fellow listeners. You can interact with us. You know what? We just have a great time every week hanging out and being, you know, just the nerds that we are. We all have a lot of fun. We would love you to join us. Twitch.com forward slash city. As always, the podcast will always be free, and let's get it started right now. Why, hello, and welcome to issue six eighty four of Geek in the City of Radio. I'm one of your hosts. Not all computers were on mute. I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> Dickhead. I think it was me.
1: I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean i was Glad r- it wasn't me.
2: And I'm I know it wasn't me. Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everybody? Uh. Uh-huh, yeah. no, yep. Cool, yep. cool, cool, tight, tight, yep. tight, tight,
1: tight. Yep. It's been a week.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, but we're coming to you live tonight from the Guardian Games
0: studio. That's right, hopefully with much better audio. I have kicked that mic in its ass. I don't use it anymore, because I hate it. Bye, bitch. Mm-hmm.
1: By the way i needed to insult the mic
0: but because uh, it is it's a little bitch it doesn't <laughs> do proper audio you can, that's fine
1: i mean that, that's true like it's it did not do its job properly no which uh, as we were discussing on there yes. is the 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 required it's like the one requirement to to stay part of the team is to
0: that's right do
1: the job one job it's, you've, 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 minimum requirement
0: you're a bloody mic
2: you have one fulfill
1: your purpose job I, I,
2: I have been finding, and I feel like I'm finding this out more and more since 2020,
3: mm-hmm.
2: is that I, I have given, for the most of my life, I, I, I've given everyone a pass that, that they know how to do their job,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they just do their job. They may have off days. They may have days where things don't go quite right, but they know what their job is. They know how to do their job, and they do their job, and... Because that is how I approach things. And I do my job. I do my job every day. Um, Come to find out, there's a shit ton of people out there that are really
0: bad at their job. (laughs) Boy, aren't they? And And a lot of them fail right up.
4: Mm, Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I am... I don't know why it's taken me this like I feel like I knew that somewhere in the back of my head, but to actually acknowledge it and go, why is why is none of this happening when it's supposed to happen? Because I, these people are all bad at their jobs.
1: I, I think it's because despite, you know, having like grumpy old man energy, you're you're kind of an optimist. You I I, I think that, that you no, I think I, that you tend to see the good in people. Whereas I, do. I was in the army. And I worked for a micromanager for four years. So like being treated like you don't know what you're doing or like not, be, not being trusted to to like believe that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, not even like knowing how, but, you know, like hovering over you to make sure you do it is a a thing that I've had a lot of experience under. And naturally it has trickled down into my own management. And I I've caught myself going like, I do not need to be on top of this person. This is, a, they, they know what they're doing.
2: It is hard to
3: trust people. Um, I, I do acknowledge that. Uh, but yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think it's more of a control thing than like, like a, a not trusting the other person. I'm just like, oh, no, no, I need to do it. It's my responsibility. I'm like, well, no, that's, that's the point of having a team. Yeah. You're responsible for the team.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and then they do the thing.
3: Yes. and i don't know where i landed the the two of like oh i think that you've had
2: plenty of experience where um you have found that you do the you do a job you're like oh this makes sense i'm going to do the job in this this particular way and this is how things get done it may not be what i think i'm supposed to do or or what others think i'm supposed to do but this may makes sense to me and i do it and then you look over and not only have they not done the thing they don't even have a template of how to do the thing in the first place and so they just didn't do the thing and they copy your work and go oh cool thanks for doing that and they say there you go we did that for you it's like no no yeah that happens a lot i did all of the work and then you took credit for it yeah we worked on it that's no
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes that happens a lot i yeah there are so many things I want to say, and I just I, I can't.
2: I know I, I just can't. I, I'm sorry um, to open this particular can of worms. I just got to I, like we've been having problems with our building management because it's like they they book time to fix a thing. It's like great, we will that's inconvenient, but we will set a time set aside that time for that day for you to come and do that work and then they cancel the day of maybe fifteen minutes before maybe. Yeah. If they cancel it all, they go. Oh yeah, the thing didn't show up, so we can't install it today. It's like, why did you schedule time to install a thing you did not have in your possession? What is wrong with you? Well, I
1: mean, if they were, if they receive an ETA from the manufacturer or distributor or whatever, that's that's one thing. But normally, if it's not going to come that day, you typically get notified, and then they should notify you that that happened, so they will not be seeing you today.
2: So like that almost makes sense except when they're like we're gonna do this at nine in the morning that indicates to me that you already have the fucking thing in hand Mm -hmm. because deliveries don't show up at nine for residences Mm -hmm. that's true (laughs) it's like oh no we didn't know we didn't have it in position and we didn't have shipping stuff so but we wanted to get it on the calendar it's like for what what? (laughs)
1: you you could have saved that calendar time for something else that you actually could accomplish yeah
2: like
0: tracking down where the fucking package was (laughs) anyway so yeah now i'm getting cranky yeah Yeah. sorry no i've I've got aaron started I'm i'm sorry no it's just i am having one of those days past few weeks a i'm having the brain that's telling me that everyone i know is mad at me about something like everyone like, if I don't get a text reply within a few hours, i am like, oh, that's right, because they're pissed at me. But they're not. Yeah, that's that's your brain. That's my brain. No, I know. And yeah. I've been living with that for like two weeks. So that's really fun, especially when most of my job relies on people writing me back. Mm. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so super cool. Tight, tight. Um, and, like, I've been taking – I've been watching, like, online workshops that are free about how to get your name out there more. And they all make sense. I don't want to fucking do them. I don't want to create like an online brand. I don't want to stream every single day. I don't want to be creating content every single day that has nothing to do with what I actually do. It's just to get the algorithm to have more eyes on me. Like I tried to do a little thing here. I tried to actually try to remember here. Um, I was doing something. I don't know what it was. Um, oh, so the, the the software you use is called Restream. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recently added TikTok as a place you can stream to. I was like, okay, I know people on TikTok don't really watch live form anything, but there are people that go live and they'll just tune out when they're done. I tried to activate it mm-hmm. and Restream said, sorry, TikTok won't let you do any of this until you've hit a minimum of 1,000 1, subscribers. On your TikTok page, I'm not gonna ever want to fucking build up to that. I want right. the show to build up to that. I don't want to do it. So, it what's the fucking point then? Out of all of it, like there is no point if if the whole point of getting my work out there more, I have to do all this other content. That means there's no more time to actually do my fucking work.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first okay. and foremost, TikTok is a young man's game. It's, if you if you did want to or did concede to, like, put, putting in the work of social media presence, I don't think TikTok is the place to do it.
0: I, I, not, no, you're right. Well, I don't know. Um, but I don't want to do it on any of them. Mm. I
1: was mm-hmm. saying that being said, I don't know which, which, which platform is correct. It doesn't
0: matter because all of them suppress unless you're giving a lot of money to them. Like, Elon Musk has forbidden any other site. Mm-hmm. To, if you like we put referenced. we put twitch on the twitter page mm-hmm. they bury it immediately it, it doesn't get seen facebook buries it because anything with a the url they assume is a money-making venture and they bury it
1: mm.
0: and don't get me wrong i used to pay like 20 bucks a week for this show every single week to boost its performance it did nothing.
4: That's a lot of And money I don't for mean it was people do for free. I know.
0: It wasn't like people clicked on it and went I don't like this show. Like no one saw the ads. Yeah. There were no there were no different impressions than when I didn't pay for ads. No one saw them. They went nowhere. Mm-hmm. So what's the fucking point of all of it? Catabalism. To make some yeah, yeah. To make someone else money. It's like, and I just saw, and we're going to jump around here. Mm-hmm. So like Rihanna did the Sapphire Super Bowl, halftime Super Bowl. What You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. She's mm-hmm. great because she's fucking Rihanna. She's wonderful. She's brilliant. Yep. Um, she apparently didn't charge them for that. She just wanted to be able to wear her own brand and basically advertise her brand on it. So everyone's like, see, see, don't ever n- rethink whenever someone says that working for exposure doesn't matter. I'm like,
1: Fuck oh, you. She's stupid. a billionaire she, already. She, yeah. She's already filthy, stinking rich, already world famous. Yeah.
0: They they can't afford to do that. So don't go telling me, like, see, you could it, working for exposure's worth. No, it's not. Unless you're a billionaire already. Which, by the way, there are no ethical billionaires. Rihanna, I love you, but I'm sure your stock portfolio's got some shady shit in it. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. It's not fact. But you can't have that many zeros in your bank account and not have some, like, blood on your hands <laughs> one way or another, by third party or not. You know, it's like yeah, when you're a billionaire, you're basically playing Six Degrees of Genocide. Boo. You know. Oh, was that? Woo, man. That was fun to say, actually. That's a good line. That's you a should, really good line. You should write that down. Um, that? Well, it's recorded. Trademark. This is true. Aaron
1: yeah, Grant, Geek City Radio, 2023.
0: That's right. Woo! I <laughs> did uh, Yeah. Also, work culture sucks. Yes, it does. It's it's the bane of, of, of everything.
1: Maybe yeah. Maybe share something good instead. We got something good.
0: We got guests coming on later.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, hey, my
0: text my text window died. Oh, uh, we're gonna have uh, Jen Ellis and Keith Baker of Together Studios to talk about Illimit Second Edition*. Yeah. And I told myself I was not going to ask him his thoughts on the OGL kerfuffle because that's kind of <laughs> done now.
1: I mean, if it comes up organically.
0: If it comes up organically, that's fine. But also, I feel like that's moved. We've moved on past it. Like whatever. It is a
1: little bit old news, I guess. Yeah, it's
0: it's done. Um. Yeah. Now we're all about wondering if balloons are UFOs, and also the toxic cloud in Ohio that's melting an entire state. Yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. No. What? See, you don't know about this, do you? No. So remember when there was that rail like, worker strike, and they were like, "We need time off. We're like, we're not, and everything's falling apart." And our glorious pro-worker Democratic president uh, said, go back to work or you're fired.
1: I did not hear about this.
0: Yes, that all happened mm-hmm. last year.
1: Why do I listen to the news uh, every day? If there gonna... was,
0: what was it? Um, hydrochloric acid that was being transported? Um, give me a Something give me bad. It, it was mm-hmm. very bad. Very, very bad.
1: Chemical.
0: Uh, the train derailed and then exploded. Oh, no. So
2: this... No, it derailed. They exploded it before it got worse. Oh, okay. Like they, they basically, it didn't explode. It was that they vented the gas to set it on fire so it wouldn't explode, which would have been worse somehow. Mm -hmm.
1: Right, right. So. Control fire, essentially. Yeah,
0: but it's. It was carrying vinyl chloride. That's bad. Yep. That's kind of how you help make mustard gas. Yeah.
1: What else do we use it for?
0: probably cleaning it's got chloride in it um yeah. some kind of hydrogen chloride yeah that's the... not a good thing to just let out their whammys amy no so it's gotten into the Ohio River mm-hmm. which is the drinking source for like eight hundred thousand people yeah the the town, and it's literally acid rain the town was East Palestine
2: Ohio and it it's in between Philadelphia and Cleveland
0: yeah yeah we basically made a new version of Silent Hill, but it's coming from the cloud instead of underground. <laughs> By the way, that's also a real town that is still on fire in Pennsylvania. The
1: town of Silent
0: Hill? No, they based it on it. It's a town, uh, I believe, in Philadelphia that a coal mine caught on fire underground in the 70s. Yeah. It's still it's going. Still on the on town fire. is dead. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's still on fire. It's still yeah.
0: on fire underground. They don't know when it will actually ever stop. The, coal is... the coal is still burning
1: right yeah right I, that's that's wild
0: and because i'm not done terrifying you know that eventually the core of chernobyl will it, it's still burning it will get to the core of the earth eventually and they don't know what will happen when it does that
1: <laughs> there's so much i didn't know
0: yeah i could be a little bit wrong on the Chernobyl thing but i don't think i am but yeah acid rain in ohio like yeah and it's like a green literally if you were watching this in a superhero movie you'd be like come on stop
1: No, I mean acid rain is a thing.
0: But like as it, I mean I don't know if it's like melting... I mean it's probably slowly melting things but like yeah it's bad but let's keep talking about balloons. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: The balloons I hell of been hearing don't get about. Me wrong. I'm tired of hearing about I balloons. love a
0: good potential UFO story. It's so. not.
1: It's not UFO. Apparently, we were just, I don't know, looking for the wrong things. The government was looking for the Apparently wrong things. Apparently, it's not even
0: probably a spy balloon now. So the government finally admitted that what likely is happening, because everyone thinks the air is, like, clear of shit. It's not.
1: There's shit up there all the There's time. There's shit
0: up there all the time. Apparently, what like, NORAD finally admitted is when the last year or so, they've upped the sensitivity of all their radar. So it's catching everything. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They They did some recalibration, and now... Lately. They they blew something up the other day. Didn't even bother to find out what it was first. Like we're literally like shoot first, ask question later, ask questions. Look, we got all these stealth fighters
0: laying around. We gotta do sky. something with them.
1: Or or we could just stop having them. So we could oh, just stop commie.
0: having them. How about we just park them and you know use them for housing? These are all They're very, not great
1: housing. These are
0: all very un-American things to have.
1: But we them. could take, them, are, are we they could take it apart for materials.
0: Are, are they better housing than, say, oh, I don't know, the sidewalk? I mean, they might come in handy now. I bet you you can stay under acid rain under the arm of a fighter.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. Let's take them to Ohio, turn them into housing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Boom, solving the world's problems. There you go. One acid rain at a time. And it would
0: actually matter if Elon Musk and the android boy that runs Meta didn't suppress our show.
1: Mm.
0: I'm not saying this is a conspiracy thing. It's just suppressed because they don't... Heaven forbid.
2: (laughs) Anytime I hear conspiracies or about conspiracy theories, all I can think of is... um, Justice League Unlimited, Mm -hmm. where um, they introduce the question. Uh, The character, not... They introduce a question. Mm -hmm. like The -hmm. character of the question... And they're giving him shit. It's like, you're just in this weird... You believe in all these conspiracies. He's like... Conspiracy.
1: (laughs) There's
0: just one.
1: (laughs) So which is the one umbrella conspiracy?
0: It's always follow the money. Yeah. Always.
1: Follow the money is not a conspiracy. It's how you get to the bottom of something.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: Anyway.
2: But that—that's also <laughs> when you figure out it's all connected, because of money. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. I still want um, the obsession with the acquisition of wealth for the wealth's sake uh, declared a mental illness. We're getting closer. They—they they recently did a study and released a study on how um, wealth um, reduces your ability your own um levels of empathy yes i remember reading that study yeah
1: Yeah. once it's a step one acknowledge there's a problem
0: that's why they also think that if you're driving a beater car you are more likely to and you hit something like another car Mm -hmm. you're more likely to stop and swap information Mm -hmm. than if you're hit than if like a rich car sideswipes you they don't give a shit they just drive on
1: oh yeah i know that for sure
0: AK, that's like, I learned that living in Lake Oswego for 18 months.
1: Uh, yeah, Lake Oswego is where a lady was like, this was at a vet's parking lot. And lady was, I don't know, handling her dog in the back seat, hip checked the, the door, the passenger rear door or whatever, yeah. and slammed into, you know, banged up against my door. Oh, yeah. And she did and said nothing about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, now yeah. there's a, and this was like a brand new car at the time. It's very mm-hmm.
0: annoying. Well, I see one of our guests is kind of in our waiting room. Oh. So let's take a quick break and then have them on. All right. That sounds great. All right. That is correct. Before our guests join us, a quick word of our sponsors. Uh, first up, we have got Rev Nat, uh, Rev Nat's Hard Cider. He's got all kinds of great flavors that are out right now. And uh you know the spring season all just kicked off which is new moon mandarin. I did some pouring last weekend at the Almsy uh, After Dark. Very well received, lots of fun. <clears throat> and if you missed the Saturday speakeasy last weekend, don't fret because that's going to become a more regular occurrence at the um at the cidery where you can just show up, you know, and um you know kind of a you know makeshift cider bar and everything and hang out with some friends and stuff and talk about cider and just kind of, you know, let let the world go by the wayside for an hour or so. And that's going to start happening I believe every Saturday with Reverend Nat's Hard Cider at their location on North Loring Street. You'll you'll find it. Um but yeah, big thanks to Reverend Nat who has supplied us with some equipment and has always been there for the show. We try to always be there for him, Reverend Nat's Hard Cider. And then before we get back to it, Guardian Games 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are one of the most fantastic game stores in the country. Um, <clears throat> you know, you're going to hear we're about to have uh, uh, Jen Ellis and Keith Baker on to talk about the second edition of Illumet. They have an in store event coming up in March, but we'll get into that more in the show. But that is just one of the many things that Guardian Games does. It's not just a retail place where it's find your game, find your dice, um, find your minis, pay, and get out. Like, it encourages community involvement, whether you want to play in the store you know, one of their gaming tables, or maybe you want to host an event, you know, for a particular group of game designers or, or hopeful game designers. Guardian Games is there to help you facilitate that. So check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And as always, when you're there, please, please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome back. Let's bring on our guest. I know eventually we said like, we'll take real breaks, but we have a guest. I don't want to walk away from her for 10 minutes. Right. Yeah, that'd be rude. All right.
1: This is not that time.
0: (laughs) Here's the awkward part, because they never know when they're on because the system does a bad job of letting them know.
4: I I was just really interested in, in being there and witnessing the Uh, the moment when your Succession podcast started, uh, you know. (laughs) Actually, can you hear us? I never know this. Can you hear us when you're in that waiting area? Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, oh, I'm on mute. I'm just enjoying the podcast. And it's great because sometimes you don't know like when you're like, what vibe you've just walked into in a conversation? Uh, you know, someone's just like, come on in. And, and you're like, Ugh, you know, so really uh, useful information. That's no. really. Right.
3: We, we
0: had no idea before that if you were in the waiting area, you could actually hear us. So that's,
1: that's kind of cool to know. So I'm glad we didn't say anything bad about them. I'm well, glad we've never would, said yeah, anything really bad, bad, bad about anybody
2: <laughs> that we've ever had as a guest. Like we usually talk like we will... It's like under our breath. It's like, oh, my! I can't believe we're talking to this person tonight because they're so cool and they did this. It's like, so that's, that's actually pretty nice.
4: Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to know. Yeah. Um, Keith is joining. I know I'm, I'm like way early. I'm just, I was just. Oh, that's okay. About being late.
2: <laughs> that's fair. We get it.
4: Well, it's it, easier
1: for you because you're in the same time zone as us. Yeah. He's only
4: an hour ahead, so. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Yeah. Oh, happy
2: and Valentine's,
0: Valentine's Day.
4: Day. I'm having a gin and tonic. <laughs> that sounds excellent.
0: Denise procured us pub beer from Pub the,
1: Beer from the Guardian Games bar. From, from,
4: right oh. around the corner from oh, that's us, right. it's inside not of that. Guardian Games. Nice.
0: Killer. Wait, is there he, he is. now in? But I can't
4: see. Oh, he is. All right. Let's oh,
0: have no.
3: let's have Keith on now as well. Hello! Hey. Hi all. I'm having a cherry Coke Zero from a can. <laughs> you're, you're in Utah, where alcohol goes to die. Oh. That is correct.
4: But they have oh, those right. like really cool soda stores that Keith is now becoming like a big fan of.
3: Yeah, they do fancy soda places.
4: Or they refer to it as Dirty Cola, which sounds way more exotic than it really is. Ooh, it's just like... yeah.
3: that
1: sounds like an alcoholic drink. Yeah, right. no, it's just it's like, like a, well,
3: it's. It, it definitely is to give you that experience because it's like a, one of those drive in places and you order things like, well, I'll have a, a Coke Zero, but with coconut extract and, you mm. know, uh, I don't know, cherry cordial, just uh, all kinds of, of wacky weird stuff.
1: That sounds delicious. Sounds
3: really good. Mm-hmm. It is actually really good. I, I've been going there all the time. The that was my of, favorite like,
4: part
0: about Atlanta was the Coca-Cola museum and all the flavors you can try at the end.
4: Yeah. The amount of like elixirs and syrups in our house has increased like tenfold since <laughs> visiting m- many of those places. Because
3: I've discovered, yeah, all the recipes. I'm like, okay, I need can evil, you know, so there you go. Got to make <laughs> one of those myself. That's uh, Dr. Pepper with raspberry and vanilla syrup and then some whipped cream on top. It's called the Evil Knievel. It's an Evil huh. Knievel. Oh, man. I need to write that down. I
0: jumped this. Like I
3: said, if you're, if you're in a place where people can't drink cocktails, they got to have something fancy to have silly names. Follow Geek in
4: the City for Keith's recipe for Evil Knievel. Uh, That's <laughs> yeah. 684. Just realizing <laughs> that I have zero
1: idea how to spell Knievel.
0: <laughs> I think if you would just type in evil and attempt yeah. Knievel. Google will say, Did you mean Super Dave? <laughs> Except. Uh, yeah. It's not evil,
2: it's evil. It's E V E L.
1: Oh, I evil. didn't Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
2: Evil, He's not evil. a bad
1: guy. I yeah. mean,
2: come on. Yeah. No, he was cool.
1: I never knew it was an evil. It was not evil with an I. Yeah. I never really got
4: that myself. So, we're on the same page.
3: I I figured that was You're his name.
1: Yeah.
3: Isn't it that his actual, yeah. short for yeah. something? Yeah. It was short for the devil, but yeah. they <laughs> cut the D That's off right. and... <laughs> He's Being not evil at all. He's just the death. Well in the Midwest. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I know we've already started chatting, but I do have oh. a formal introduction for y'all.
3: Ooh. All oh. All right. That's so
1: fancy. Uh Keith Baker is the creator of the Dungeons and Dragons Eberron setting. And alongside Jen Ellis, they own and operate their independent game company, Together Studios. That's T two with T O T W. Uh right here in Portland. I need it. And as well as developing a card game for the very popular Adventure Zone podcast, Together Studios is also responsible for favorites of this show, Gloom and Illumat. And so today they're here to talk to us about the Illumat 2nd Edition. Woohoo! Welcome to the show! Hi! (laughs) Yay!
0: Thanks Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And scene. I did my part. (laughs) So I... I have a confession. I, every time I have an opportunity to play Element for the first time, something prevents me from doing it.
4: Yeah. Like a, like like a, a spirit, a specter comes over you. I
0: have been involved in like family, like from the most mundane of like, oh crap, man, I forgot to pack it to, oh
3: crap. someone in my family just got rushed off to the hospital. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, first off, that just may be because Illumat is spooky. Like, there may be mm-hmm. something going on. And, and I, really I recommend, like- I don't know if you agree with this, Jim, but I think the thing to do is just play it for the second time. Just skip yeah. the first time. Exactly. And it'll oh, probably work fine. Why didn't we yeah.
4: think of that? Yeah, there you know. go.
1: Because
3: just, we're not professional game designers. Yeah. Just
0: poke Gregory that shit and just rip some days off. And yeah. Yeah. Whenever,
4: yeah, whenever things aren't working out, we just change the rules and it works out. Perfect. <laughs> that's how
1: they, that's how they beat us almost every time.
4: Yeah,
2: there was that one time. Keith
4: is just like popping up cards. We don't know what they're for. That's what Keith is doing.
3: he's yeah. like I'm he's just... like a
4: really manual PowerPoint. It's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm, just, I'm just showing off this cool new expansion that we oh. have. Oh ah,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. so do we want to jump right into
4: it or yeah. Yeah, do well, we want to? Well, let's you know let's get everybody up up to speed what Illabed is. So yeah, um, hate leaving anybody out. So, um, Tell us Illumat, a
3: story, Jennifer Ellis.
4: Aw, So Illamat is a classic card game that kind of feels like something you found in your grandfather's attic, uh, kind of like uh, it feels a little mysterious. It's uh, got a classic style, but it has a lot of dynamic elements to make it kind of a very modern card game. Uh, in the game, you, it's a set collection uh, trick-taking game. Uh, you're collecting cards out of uh, four quadrants that are on a cloth board. And the center mm-hmm. of uh, the game is a box called the Illumat, which is the season of each of those fields or quadrants, changing what you can, um, uh, different types of play as you go. So it's kind of dynamic. It's um, uh, definitely a strategy game. But then there's also kind of a mystical element to it. As you uh, clear fields, field, you reveal luminary cards. And these are the cards that Keith was and uh, cable were kind of showing and each one of those cards which are illustrated by amazing illustrator carcellus have a special effect in play uh and change um some of the core rules of the game uh allow for opportunities etc so it has this kind of mystical cribbage element to it Uh, it like plays in like 10 to 15 minutes per round two to three rounds to to finish up the game it's a great two-player game it's great for four players um and wonderful for folks who like a little strategy but may not be into hardcore tabletop games uh it's a also great filler and it's also been inspired uh a um an actual play podcast uh rpg so um we uh, made the game with the band The uh, which very, I mean, geek in the city in Portland. I mean, if you like anything <laughs> literary, you might know of Car- um, Carson Ellis, of course, the illustrator, and um, Colin Malloy, and, and the rest of the band. Um, and it has a lot of uh, like that folktale uh, feel to it that's inspired by uh, one of their albums. Nice. Hey.
3: I Yeah, I... I, you know, I got nothing to add to, to that pro description. Uh, I'll just um, reinforce the point that the the play of the game is very sort of classic and uh, feels like an old game, but that the combination of the turning uh, element, changing the seasons and what you can do, and the luminaries add this dynamic, uh, you know, accelerate the replayability and make it feel like something new. So that's where you get that combination of old and familiar with yeah. but a twist.
4: And there may yep. be 300 years of lore and history behind it uh, of well, uh, secret societies who've played it. But, you know, you'd have to <laughs> really you'd have to actually play the game to to really kind of <laughs> open that so door.
0: I know Denise mm. and Cable have played it a lot, but I've just I, I think I, I think you're right. I'll move on to
3: number two because I've been cursed. So, yeah, really, <laughs> I uh I, I just have to say one of the things coming out in this new time is a new expansion. And I do love the little, uh, the, the lore that Colin has shared with us. If I could, if I could read the yeah. story. So
4: Colin is Colin Malloy, lead singer of the December. also New York times bestselling author of, um, uh, uh keith baker titles i'm halfway through Uh, wildwood uh you you know
3: yes so (laughs) and and many other things i forget his latest novel but wildwood is certainly uh one of the big ones yeah um and he turns out to be a a learned scholar on all matters ilmat and has has revealed the history of the false baron set our new expansion so can i give you a dramatic reading absolutely please if we had (laughs) to turn down low we would But then people get mad
0: at us.
3: (laughs) Oh, Spooky. Uh, This set of six luminary cards is a faithful reproduction of the original False Baron set based on the surviving records, lithographs, and other artifacts. It has been done with the full cooperation of the executors of the Von de Grave estate. Any extant lawsuits from distant family members are either totally without merit or in the process of being settled out of court. There is some dispute as to the origin of the false baron set, but most documentation inside the Society of Luminaries agrees that the Baron Alexander von de Grave III, with the blessing of the Society of Luminaries, had the set made for his eldest daughter, Lady Elaine von de on the occasion of her 15th birthday. During the Greco Hungarian War, when the Von de Graves house was occupied by the revolutionary wing of the People's Egalitarian Front, Lady Elaine wagered her family's freedom in an around-the-horn game of Illimat against their captor's commander. She struck the winning blow, it is said, by playing the universe luminary and clearing the entire board in one play. This so angered the commander that the family barely escaped the house with their lives. The set of luminary cars remained in the commander's hands until the end of the war. It was used in countless games during those campaigns, always under the name the commander gave it, the False Baron's Set. When the Grave family finally resumed possession of the set, the Lady Grave continued to use the name in remembrance of the family's ordeal. Oh man, that was so cool. Including... The famed... Oops, that was not the one I yeah, was wanting. Yeah, we
4: don't just put six cards in a package, guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the famed... The famed uni- oh, that's the astronomer. I'm getting all wrong here. No, There's yeah, the, universe, the universe. The, yeah, yeah. Whoop. My blurring effect is not helping. But <laughs> it's still cool. Ooh. Nice.
0: It's, it's the, a heap no, of fun. That's this week, right? It came out?
4: Uh, It will People? start yeah. shipping tomorrow. We're having some fun fun times okay. with our fulfillment company. Uh, uh, welcome yeah.
3: to yeah, welcome to to the 20 <laughs> 2020s everybody. Oh, All oh, the yeah, stuff is sitting
4: there. It just got a this little flag on the
0: I had a book delayed for almost 3 months because they were just sitting in a yeah, container. <laughs> yep, container. <laughs> yep.
2: All right. Yeah, that's um, why I didn't folks, I'm uh, uh Oh, sorry. Cuz I knew that it's like, oh wait, things happened. So,
0: right. Now um is this just an expansion or is it like a second edition also is this a place someone could just jump right in and get a new set
4: So if you already own Illamat you don't have to rebuy Illamat uh but we are um uh but the core game is uh been uh we've kind of updated the rules a little bit for some refinement and clar- uh, clarification changed mm-hmm. one little component changed some of the the material that we use for the playing card deck so that it's a little bit more uh, lasts a little bit longer because people play a lot um, and uh, that's about it uh, for the game but it's second edition because uh, we did make a couple of rule changes in the rule book and wanted to make sure that we clarified that um, and then we've also reprinted Green wife expansion uh, which is new for some people because in Uh, out of print for a little bit and then we have the false baron um, you know as we were in litigation for such a long time with that with that estate
3: yeah (laughs) it's very
4: tough
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's so nice for it
4: to to have have the light of day so each one of those expansions uh, add different luminaries and all those luminaries are interchangeable the expansions are just 12 bucks and the game's 29 oh nice yeah Yeah, it's a very affordable game for (laughs) how
1: much use you get out of it
2: and I, I can say that uh, for as long as we've been selling it here at Guardian, that um, it's been one of those that we buy it in as many quantities as we can because we still sell several copies a week because it's one of those things like, oh, I heard about this game. It's right here. Here you go. <laughs> it's like, what can you tell me about it? What have you heard? This. Yeah.
4: It's all true. So there's oh,
3: true. there's yes. now a
4: little QR code snuck in the back uh, that will play a little video of what it's inside, which helps people because it's a small box. I mean, one of the things is the... Um, people are doing this a little bit more now than they used to, but um, it used to be just like, uh, if you want to have a $30 game, the box has got to be this big. And, right. And... and And the design challenge, one of the design challenges of the game was how to make it feel something old that has been through time. And, you know, if you have traveled around with your game and if you've been uh, a miner on the Yukon Gold Rush Trail with it, like you're going to not have a piece of cardboard in a box, you know. Um, So the board is cloth that folds up the uh, box itself is actually a component in the game so everything is kind of useful and compacted so for us in the moderns, it's it's wonderful for travel and kind of taking it around uh, with you but uh and every we use every piece of the uh the real estate inside the box to kind of bring it uh, with you so um so yeah
3: One of the things I love about it, just uh, sort of going back to that, trying to make something that feels old while still being useful, is the art on the luminary. Uh, As Jen said, done by award-winning artist uh, Carson Ellis, old games don't really have a lot of text on the cards, like you're used to seeing the rules on the cards. But with the luminary, uh, what we've done is uh, the art includes essentially a clue as to what the card does so you're not going to figure it out on your own but once you've played the game if you you know it helps remember so for example the river you put out six cards in the field instead of three you know the children place three cards underneath it and you know as you can see they have three cards and you get them and the changeling lets you exchange a card for a card and so i just love that These look like these beautiful you know tarot cards just on their own but they have this meaning actually built into them uh if you know what you're looking for and that kind of goes with that secret society vibe
0: yeah i definitely like i love a lot of games that rely more on symbolism than text um they're just more fun to play and you're right they do add this that air of like this is something that's been around a long time mm-hmm. and you're just now rediscovering something that's been played for centuries in, in quiet rooms under like torchlight and stuff. So.
4: It's more
3: in city hall in Portland.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There's an old story there that kind of, I have to say, if you read the article now, there's a little bit of um an undertone that I don't really want to like
3: uh, mother, fair enough.
4: Story, uh, all that much, but uh, yes, the people of City Hall uh, played it, and somebody thought it was witchcraft and got upset. So those people make me sad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was it Ted Wheeler? Uh, you can say it was Ted
4: Wheeler. <laughs> well, again, the, <laughs> the huge cards fans
0: do have a very
1: like mystical, maybe not. They got like an esoteric vibe. They mm-hmm. also yeah. uh, remind me a lot of um the cards for La Lotería which also, bit, yeah. I mean, granted, those carts like, yep. don't have, like, corresponding actions, but it's it's all about the art, right? right. It doesn't...
0: Well, I'm yeah. pretty sure and Element I mean, hasn't caused people to break out in fights at the dinner table.
1: Which <laughs> I is... actually... You don't know that. I bet that's oh, not okay.
0: <laughs> I like so, I some over some There's yeah. like a sabotage <laughs> that happens uh, in Yeah,
1: there, in there's rounds some
4: cutthroat uh, stuff that happens, and um, a lot of couples play it, and uh, we get a lot of emails and request people to have like, you know, special things or they're tying Neelomat into their wedding or a baby <laughs> birth announcement. Uh, we really need to like come up with something to give people or something because it's a total honor to be like at that stage, you know, like to be a part of someone's wedding. But anyway, so the, um, uh, there's a a piece that you wager in the the game called Ocus tokens and they're like little charms and they're, uh, and they're supposed to represent you as a player, like something that is personal to you and whatever. And one story uh, from the internet is a couple, um, a wife got so, or somebody who is engaged to player two got so um, mad at the other player that they took off their engagement ring and threw it at them. And the guy said, oh, look, a new OCUS token. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right, it's the, well, uh, yeah, and each one of those. And so we'll encourage people to have, find their own personal OCUS that they kind of play in the game. And it's part of the society of luminaries who've been playing the game for hundreds of years. So, um, uh, so, uh, and then as part of this new, um, uh, rollout of a uh, second edition we actually partnered with this amazing family hand mint organization they're based uh and they do all of like the actual coins that come from uh like game of thrones and name of the wind and
3: uh, mm-hmm.
4: uh and are amazing uh artisans and they made a coin a brass coin for us that is part of uh that has some in-game properties so there's some new little things that we're Ooh, adding to. Cool. yeah. So um, so that's all. And
1: this is, wait, this is part of the expansion or the second edition?
4: Uh, that's just its, its own thing. So it's a really cool, I don't know if, know if I have one. I've got one
3: right here, Jen. I've been showing it off.
4: I know, but uh, package.
3: Oh, package, yeah.
0: Oh, so it's a separate Packaging. item? Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a separate item. It's, it's kind of like it's when called, you can go to like, go ahead.
4: It's called the Syzygy coin. And of course, oh, Syzygy <laughs> A syzygy is when um, uh, three planets are in alignment. So, uh, of course, you are part of the gravitational syzygy here. And then there's the moon and the sun. And so this little thing opens up and then inside is the coin. And then there's a historical, of course, origin of what the coin is. And then there's a specific rule for this coin. Um, Can you
3: give us a dramatic reading, Jennifer?
4: Uh, you know,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not
4: very good with chewing up the scenery as much as you are. But, no. And plus, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a fun little story. But it's it's All essentially, right. it's it's related to Benjamin Franklin. So uh, that's the, the okay. thing. But I, mean. I think that, you know, you should come to our event at, um, uh, at Guardian Games for the launch party and find out more. And when is that and-
3: happening? yeah
2: we have that scheduled for march 5th yes so uh
4: for, for knowing that date uh
1: and then for people who are out of town or cannot make it to this event uh yeah. i do see that the Scissor G coin is available for pre-order on your website
4: yeah and those will start shipping in uh within two weeks at least Excellent.
0: Oh, I can go. make it on the 5th. I will be back from Emerald City by then. Mm-hmm.
4: Speaking Woo-hoo! of your website, this is something that I
1: more recently learned because I, I guess I just don't go to websites that often. Uh, but uh, not only is there the game, the expansions, um, replacement items, but also there's all sorts of like little little swag so that you could sort of announce quietly, like surreptitiously to the world that you are um, you know, aware of the element Part of the secret society yes, that plays element
4: I mean, uh, yeah. Look at like, right. your, like
3: your initiate pin right there. Yeah, Ooh. so
4: uh, there's of course multiple levels of uh, the Society of Luminaries uh, <laughs> and, and each, uh, each setting and it's not like, you know, it's certainly not a cult. But uh, yeah. But uh, but there are different you know levels and uh, different pins that go to different levels and uh, from initiative to um, the the luminary matriarch who no one really knows who she is uh, but uh, yeah it's
0: very I, fun. Jennifer Brown but you know the universe bundle that looks very appealing that the
4: universe that is, be... is like packed yeah. yeah yeah
2: it it would be easier to believe the statement of it's not a cult. If you had not also led in with, we are part of people's wedding announcements and, and baby announcements.
1: Honestly, <laughs> do
4: say it's not a cult. You've already... And there's a lot of people with tattoos of Illumat. But not a cult. But not a cult.
3: Way to becoming an organized religion, maybe.
4: It's, yeah, that's true. It's,
3: it's really very simple. You've got a card, uh, the Union. Mm-hmm is something people can use to celebrate their marriage. Mm -hmm. The newborn is a luminary you can use to uh, celebrate the birth of your child. Mm -hmm. And the children is a card you can use to celebrate when the widower... No? Okay, never mind. (laughs) So
1: There's a a luminary card for every stage of life. Exactly.
2: So here's the thing. I have been a, a fan of Keith Baker Games for longer than I've worked at Guardian. Um. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I, I've been you know. a fan of Jennifer Ellis games for is you well. Know, but so one of one of my uh, favorite things about uh, the games that uh, that you put out is the the storytelling component that comes along with. And on at first glance, this looks like oh, the, this is not a storytelling game. It's a trick keeping game. You, there's still a story. There is a rich deep story and it can go as you can get as deep into this as you want to go and I love I love that I love that about the
3: work that you produce um so yeah that's definitely something that's important to to both of us at Together Mm -hmm. Studios but as you said it's a different sort of thing of Mm -hmm. uh on the one hand you have tabletop role-playing games you know Mm -hmm. like Eberron you have games like Gloom or for us the Adventure Zone, which to me is captures that same energy of gloom of saying, here is a solid, simple game, but what's really going to be fun about this is the stories it helped you build, uh, and things like Action Cats. Um, then Illimat, to me, as, as you were describing, it's not that it is a game about telling a story, it is a game that makes you feel like you're part of a story. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it's drawing you in, and so for both of us, you know correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, you know that's sort of what's important to us is what is how does this make you feel you know connected and uh, to a story
1: uh, how does the um how does the victory book play into that and speaking of lower uh
4: well, if you're um so it was inspired by a couple different things um I like the idea of you know games are a thing that we that are a part of the story of people together. So the kind of the, the meta story. And so Keith and I had a, a little tiny notebook that when we would play cribbage, uh, we would wager for things, and they would be like um, the Joan of uh, Joan of Arc statue on um, uh, on on 39th, uh, you know, and, um, uh, and every time you, if you won, every time you go past it, uh, or if you lost, every time you go past it, you'd have to sing the, um, French, uh, you know, national anthem. So like, (laughs) it's just different, like things that we wagered based on, you know, Uh, wedding streets and stuff and or like somebody had to do like someone had to make choices about dinner like so they weren't all high stakes like the (laughs) Joni. um and uh and so there's that and then there's uh uh things like the mcminimums uh cosmic trip tripster book you know uh and we just got inspired by that and said well if Illumat is a game that people are playing over and over again, like there's different things. There's different like who you played with somebody else and they brought their own little uh, token. Or remember that one time you threw your wedding ring at me and remember that one time, uh, you know, let's play all of these different variants. Um, because if a game is hundreds of years old, people have come up with different little things to play or maybe our household has come up with different things to play and we wanted to capture that or that whole like epic thanksgiving tournament that we had where you know grandma totally cleaned our clocks um (laughs) so the victory book has different rules variants in it and it has kind of like little um uh like things that kind of are 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 inspiring people to like um to write down and kind of capture so
3: What's the coolest it's a, place you played? What's your coolest ocus? Yeah. You, know, um, uh,
4: you know, people have assigned their victory books a lot, which is kind of fun. Like, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a, it's a fun social thing. And it, and it becomes a, like a little journal of, of your play experience. And, and again, it's like you being part of the story. Here's this little like notes on the different stories you've created from, um, from playing.
3: In in terms of new rules, in addition to variants, it also includes the rules for team play and for solitaire, which you can also find at our website online oh, for solitaire. Cool. Uh, but, you know, if you want to have it there with the game, uh, I really love the solitaire version. It is hard, but it definitely builds up your skills for the playing the actual game. Yeah. So. And funny. it's a little hard to see, but I have a dog's leg <laughs> right here. Oh, <laughs> yep. there it is. My
2: little yep. sausage uh i have uh, since uh since march of 2020 i have become a big fan of and proponent for games that are either single player or have a single player variant because it's not just so that it's like oh, if you don't have anything to play with you can sit down and play the game yourself but it's yeah it, it's also the way to go if you want to make it easier on the people that you play games with here's something like this game has a one player variant so you can sit down and have a better understanding of how the game works which makes it easier for you to explain to other people like explaining how to play games to other people is a skill within itself
4: Mm -hmm. that
2: not Mm -hmm. all game players have
4: or game designers yeah
2: or or game (laughs) designers. yeah um not true of both of you both of you have taught me how to play games and I Yay. really try to emulate the way that you teach people how to play games. Yay. I'm not great at it, but, but I, you know, I've had good teachers. So thank you.
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> that would um. be $5. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Where's Malone? Yeah. You take Venmo. <laughs> I mean, that is how this all started. Uh, I have to say is at some point when we were in Portland, I got an email from Chris Funk saying, uh, my daughter and I love Gloom. Would you trade Gloom lessons, some Gloom lessons for December's tickets? And at the time, I had no idea <laughs> who he really was, and I just thought it was just a cool Portland-y thing, like some guy had an extra set of yeah. December's tickets and was like, so I'll trade sweet. you for a Gloom lesson. How sweet. And then looked him up and was like, oh, okay, I see. That's why you have December's tickets. And then yeah, we, we met them made a game, here you go. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, that is the that is definitely a very Portland
2: way to meet people in the South.
0: Yeah, for sure.
4: I have a question for everybody else. Can I do that? Or do you have like a list? Yeah, do it. Okay. Uh, Cable, you mentioned like uh, single player and uh, March 2020. And, you know, one of the things that Keith and I talk about a lot, like all the time, is we talk about storytelling, we talk about, we were just talking about this to someone else, there's a lot of different elements to storytelling and designing a game that encourages people to tell stories and what kind of stories, etc. But one of the things that we also talk about is what are the people? How are people coming to a table, let's call it a table Mm -hmm. to make a story with other people? And what, what are they kind of bringing that is like, they're worried about rules, they need dice, they need, uh, they don't need dice, uh, they want to be on their phone, uh, they don't want to be with people, like there's so many different elements <laughs> of it. And so I think my question to you is people who talk about media and all things geek and who are, I feel like are like, kind of keyed into it, like, how, how do you and how do you perceive other people being like approaching storytelling right now? Hmm. Hmm. I'm the wrong kid to ask.
1: Well,
2: <laughs>
4: it doesn't have to be a storytelling game. It could just be, how are people telling a story about themselves on social media? How are people like, I don't know. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I don't. I don't know if I have a very compact answer. Um, I feel like in the gaming community, the people have been telling stories and finding ways to tell their story through another character's story has definitely been through RPGs.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I,
2: I know I have been running one with two of the people at this table, um, for Yeah. Yep. <laughs> although any, you're both welcome anytime, anytime you want to join yes you can um it, it's and maybe i book.
4: should refine the question and say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. How, what is it like since you are in that zone
1: mm-hmm.
4: what is it like like what's your relationship to to telling a story together in the last couple of years like how is important it to you is that changed in any way or Uh, I think we've
1: gotten a lot more honest about mm -hmm. what we're going through and Mm -hmm. how it makes us feel than Mm -hmm. I think we used to be Mm -hmm. like things have been so hard uh, for so long in so many different ways that it's uh, people no longer have the energy to, you know, like put a, put a coat of paint on it and sell it in the most positive light. uh, We're being a lot more straightforward about things that are ostensibly negative. And I think that that, uh makes it easier for people to connect with each other because they're Mm. getting like really down into like the real shit about life
0: yeah um i think in the past few years me personally and i've seen it with a lot of other gamers and and my friends and family and whatnot um the desire to be hyper competitive in games has kind of gone by the wayside that doesn't mean you know games that don't have a competitive nature like elementary like gloom there's like the gloom has a competitive nature but it's story based right but the 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 time of like no this is a game where it's one for all kind of you know or one you know i must dominate the board like there's been less and less of a desire for that and more of a desire to just get together and tell a collective story in a in a place where you feel really safe like Mm that's why I go back and forth on part of me would love to do start a real play show. Yeah. I also know that almost everyone I know who would participate gaming is a form of emotional expression. Mm -hmm. And the moment a camera goes on, it's pretty rare. The person that's willing to let it all kind of hang out with streaming it worldwide and not saying that's not valid that, that that's a very valid thing to do it. Yeah. But gaming has become much more personal. It's no longer just this fun thing we do every other weekend to kind of yeah. do stuff. It's it's become important. Like I, I know I've told Cable and Denise this, and my spouse, know my partner knows this too. Like if I don't sit at the gaming table at least once within a month, it, it be, it's so weird to say. It becomes emotionally damaging. Like something, yeah. it's like something is missing.
4: Yeah,
0: that it's, no other it used to be I could turn to video games for that because it was just an outlet and it's transcended that now.
4: Yeah. It's, it sounds like what people are saying is like, there's a preciousness about that uh-huh. time together. Like, mm-hmm. and people have recognized that it's, it's about that time together, you know? And yeah, I mean, not necessarily about this. It's not, mean, it's about the game as medium, but it's sure. Time, but just yeah.
0: Not to get all like union, but it's like, it's almost like on our reptile brain or some level of our conscious level like we all kind of miss like sitting around the fire outside and, and create and recreating and telling our own myths and creating i
4: realize now that you're saying youngian and i thought yeah, you said sorry. union and I, wow, union. Oh, he's gonna say like something sorry. anti-union now what's going on like <laughs> the-
3: one thing you'll catch I, on
4: the
0: show is i'm horrible at pronouncing things mm. oh no, no no
4: no no it's just you're, you know no, no, no i'm sorry i, I didn't that's all right confusion uh, it, the, the friends in the chat
1: are echoing I think what we all agree with here is that like, it's it has really become a lot more about the camaraderie, the escapism and being with friends and loved ones and having a good time a lot more than it is about winning or being competitive primarily
2: mm-hmm. I, I have three years of anecdotal evidence from working in this particular store and listening to people's stories to, uh, and People just came in here to shop, but they also would just because they had little to no human contact for the better part of 2020 would yeah. verbally process what they were going through and why they were in here buying a specific game that they were buying. Yeah, because yeah. of what it was going to do for their family, for their friends, for their own personal well-being. Um, how how like echoing exactly what what everyone has been saying. It i've heard this time and time again from everyone who's walked in here there has been an increase uh, in the gaming community to find more cooperative games to find games that everyone is working together and not
1: Mm -hmm. against each other and not
2: against each Mm -hmm. other it's like i I even get that from the competitive players from the people who are like yeah I'm, i'm here to play warhammer and i want to you know like Putting together an army to beat my the other guy's army, but now I also really appreciate the time and effort they put into their army and what they do. It's like this has changed. This is yeah. it has changed a large swath of the gaming community.
4: Yeah, That'll I be think fun. if if we start <laughs> hitting hitting the magic players like this, I think maybe we know that there's something in the water. But it sounds like a really good thing, a way of like of way things are going in the game community. And that sounds exciting.
3: I just yeah. had this vision in my mind of, of the battlefield in the dark, bleak future with, you know, uh, space Marines facing off against the orcs and then just stopping to say, oh, oh, I really love the color of your your armor there. Oh, that's really nice. I like what you've done with that it's good to see you. I
2: wasn't sure that you made it off of that last planet that we blew up. Right.
4: It, it, because I like it that way. Yeah.
3: In, <laughs> instead <laughs> of the grim dark future, it can be the glee dark future. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> something. Yeah.
0: But, um, I am going to hope to get more blood for the blood god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: sure. sure. Everybody needs a little. You
0: know. I would take any of these
2: valid, completely welcome changes to Games workshops lineup
0: than anything that they're. Doing. <laughs> gonna, I, is, I, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's is the one who's going
3: to do it for Games Workshop. Oh my God! So that's I, the
1: next person that you need to get on the horn.
3: I do okay. have to ask for all the the Warhammer nerds out there, since you did bring up the the blood for the blood god. I am just curious: has anyone done a TikTok that is about it's corn, and you know he's a big lump with skulls or something like that?
1: It's probably out there. You just yeah. gotta look. Yeah. yeah. I, I would bet money that it's out there. Yeah,
3: probably. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> Corn. Oh,
1: is miss that kid.
2: That would yeah. be great. Poor kid. I would love that. I There's might actually get a TikTok account just to
0: try and find <laughs> that. I'm not going to. But I might. I think
4: we'll- We can film it on the Together Studios TikTok
0: account. There you go. I Um, saw him like a week or so ago, like being interviewed again, the corn kid, because he's been on like a tour and does like voiceover for ads. And the interview was hilarious because he's like, well, ever since I came out of retirement.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This kid is the
4: coolest. Oh, my gosh. I What a cutie. Doug. There's a good question here about outside of your own wonderful games. Thank you. Do you have mm-hmm. an upcoming game or two you are excited about? Keith? Uh,
3: well, I mean, you know, it's it's sort of my, uh, you know, game in that uh, I am working on a video game right now called Wayfinder. And that is just going into closed beta. Uh, but you can sign up and try and get in. So Wayfinder. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think there are certainly games that have come up that i'm like "Ooh, i can't wait to give that a try how about you jen
4: um so uh i just started working at a game store for four hours a week uh <laughs> because there are so many games and i don't uh well first of all i um i really wanted to like keith and i uh i always tell people this before we go to a convention is that you know we work pretty much just the two of us uh you know and our dog and cats and like which is great but it's very it can be very isolating and one of the things that i have had in the last year is really wanting to connect more with my physical community and so we have a very local neighborhood um game store called uh Town games uh and um yeah. former employee <laughs> of uh former gm porter yeah, yeah yeah uh so um and it's just been great uh because i you know talk to people about games that they like and hear why they like them uh and uh getting to know everything on the shelf because things pass by me all the time i don't really know about um and learn different games so i can talk to people so today uh, one of the oink games, and I forgot what it's called, but it has like a little music component, and you have to like keep a beat. Does anybody know the name of it? I'm gonna Google it. So, anyway, I want to play this, but
3: I can't hear. I've got my infrared in.
2: It's not Scout, is it?
4: No, no, no. I, no. Scout. I love Scout, but Scout um... was
2: great. Clickety pickety,
4: yes. Uh, oh, no, it's called Hey Yo. Hey uh, Yo. Yeah. And you play cards to the rhythm and this comes with this like tiny, tiny little um, like beat box that you press. And it, it's like this little electronic noise thing and you've got to play uh, cards to the beat. I mean, uh-huh. delightful. I like to be delighted. And, um, and so I'm, I'm interested in playing that game, but for the most part, when it comes to like tried and true games that I play all the time, I do stick to the classics because Um you know, it's hard not to always compare. It's hard not to always think like, oh, you know, I wish I designed this because, you know, it's code names or, you know, like something Mm -hmm. that, you know, sold a million and it looks so simple and it's so elegant and, you know, Um, and I want to be delighted and excited about what's in the, by other designers, but I also don't want to be flooded with opportunities for my brain to compare myself uh, to something else because that kills creativity. So I do stick to some classic games a lot. I love all sorts of card games and dice games uh, because there's tons of games that you can play that just with a pack of cards.
3: And we uh, were in Italy um, a couple months ago. And so we started playing Scopa, which is an old Italian game. And one of the cool things about it is it uses a 40 card deck, that's similar to a traditional playing card deck, but it's the old Italian deck, but each province has its own deck. And from like it's hundreds just of years ago. Well, like, years ago this is know. the
4: illustration they always use for this card in, in, in the area of Rome for the last hundreds of years. But in, you know, uh, in the Northern area, it's totally, it's a different illustration. And there, huh. and so it's like, and you go to the, local tobacconist and they'll sell it to you for six dollars and this is the and you can only get it so of course our our super collector brain is like we have to go to all these regions of italy just to get their pack of cards uh (laughs) i'm sure nobody (laughs) travels italy like that but you know here we are um but until uh, now until now i think that's an excellent idea. yeah i would do that for sure yeah and they'll illustrate if you like uh illustrations and kind of like that um uh, two I'm to three color it, kind it of offset. A of a- yeah. Venice, uh, yeah.
3: Venice deck favorite for me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the interesting thing, and, and you can see like old men in like uh, sitting outside, playing the game, yelling at each other, you know, in, in the middle Uh-oh. of the square in the summer. And it's kind of, it, and it's just like an old historic game. And uh, one of the th- really interesting things, and this is my, geekiness here as far as uh, card history is that these decks came from tarot cards which were Mm -hmm. always about you know which playing cards came from tarot and like the storytelling element of it and and it just kind of kept on getting watered down and so these scopa decks are kind of somewhere in between Uh, like sometimes they don't have the number of it it's like oh there's seven knives illustrated on it you know so that's the seven of knives and or it's seven of coins or something. And so, and the suits are not, you know, club and it's, it's other suits. So anyway, it's interesting. Okay. Absolutely. This is like a tarot deck. Yeah. Uh, An actual headline I just found,
1: Italian card games. What are those Italian men playing? (laughs) There you go.
3: (laughs) Number five will surprise you.
4: Number five will (laughs) uh, surprise you. Uh,
3: It's either bocce ball or Scopa. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you throw the bocce ball at the guy who cheats at Scopa. That's right.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs>
1: wow. Okay. Well, now I need to put this on my list of things I need to do is go to Italy and 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 yeah. collect some sc- scopa decks. Oh, that easy, sounds a deal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like my partner's on a quest to get every version, every cultural version of Mahjong.
1: Oh, wow. Every, every
0: culture crazy. has a di- has a different version of Mahjong. Like there's even the American Mahjong. American poker mahjong. There's like three different Japanese styles. So yeah. yeah, that's one of her goals is to get different sets mahjong sets and see the different rule variants.
4: And which anniversary is going to be the anniversary where you get her uh, get them one of those tables that have like mix all the tiles for you?
0: Oh my god!
4: Oh, that.
0: Um, if I can,
1: she's been looking at those things for years. Oh, I know. <laughs> so have
0: I. Uh, I've seen one work in person. They're mind-boggling how how they work. Yeah. Um hopefully soon. I would love yeah. to do that. Maybe there if my these... book is adapted. That'll be one of the one of the things I'll like spend money on. Not a car. I'll buy her the mahjong table.
4: Yeah. That's, I mean you exactly. know
3: it transports yeah. you to a new place. Knowing yeah, your partner
4: is, is key. Yeah. Yeah. But, I um, that
2: you'll find the one that you that will also have the optional cover that will turn it into a regular table and then you can take that off. So that oh, yeah. You play
1: the mahjong. yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh yeah. Where been. all of the the high-end gamer tables, like we need a, a an adaptive insert for a mahjong mm-hmm. uh, thing. That's what we need. Get on it, whoever. What the Some woodworkers? Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, right. Wormwood. Wood.
0: Um. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been shying away from using like GM screens because I've realized all I really use them for is to flub rolls to protect the players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Man, some of those wormwood ones. I'm like, I don't think I'd ever use it, but I want it with all the attachments, all of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and just cosplay as the DM. I'll just walk around with it. <laughs> just. <kind of laughs> I mean,
1: there's something about a, a like a, a a built for a purpose thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so satisfying.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know why this popped in my head. You might have the answers to this because I think you mentioned tarot cards has anyone tried to make like a modern game using tarot cards I've seen yes. like references to old games but I haven't seen really anything new um,
4: uh, storytelling based games uh, mm-hmm. with tarot size cards uh, for sure and I'm, I'm sure cable you you see a, quite a bit of it kind of coming on the market right now um,
2: I, I, I know that there are at least two RPGs that are on the shelves right now that are um you use you play using a tarot deck yeah um i got one of them for you for a christmas present one year i think
1: that feels correct yeah (laughs) i'm gonna sound like an ungrateful gift receiver but i'm just like i'm trying to process this
3: information oh it's
2: fine it's fine (laughs) it was years ago yeah
3: Looney Labs has a game called Zarkana that's one of their pyramid, I think it's in Pyramid Arcade, though I'm not 100% sure, mm. uh, that combines pyramids with you make a board out of tarot cards. And oh, it's a cool. sort of territory control uh, game, but you're laying out, you're playing them from your hand, and you're using them to create the board of the the game. And, you know, it's not, again, one of the biggest, most dramatic products out there, but, uh, but I enjoy it.
4: What's that game, Keith? It's a very old game that has these little letter wooden blocks.
3: Uh, letter blocks? Like anagrams or?
4: Anagrams. Anagrams. Yeah. Don't you use it's a term? Ravel- no. no, it's called anagrams. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I don't know
3: if there's tarot involved with anagrams. Maybe.
4: Uh, oh, yeah, you can play it. There's an anagram game with. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, I think there's also a, a card game called Loka, L O K that is old world tarot deck. But the, the card game that it was originally used for.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I might you. be Bye. I might be wrong about the anagrams tarot thinking. Hmm? Even though I was like so hotly excited about it and was like pish posh, of course it's that. I, <laughs> I googled <laughs> it and I was like, yeah, I don't think it was.
3: I uh I love Tarot Carson. Uh, There was a Kickstarter we backed probably two years ago now, but it's a tarot deck that uses the classic bicycle style illustrations of uh, of the royalty, but does interpretations in that style of the major arcana. So basically you can add it to any sort of, you know, bicycle deck and, and it sort of fits in with those. And it's just kind of a funny, uh, you know, a neat approach. Oh, that's really cool to look for something like that.
0: Yeah, I've seen people that try to integrate them into, like, character and world building for a oh, yeah, for, yeah. for a tabletop role-playing game. And I've just been fascinated about not giving up total control when you're making something, but the kind of, again, like the community storytelling of you're all using the same deck kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I've heard of Potters. Who will draw a card, and then their pottery piece will be inspired by the card that they drew. Ooh.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Also, yeah. fashion designers and uh, like various kinds of artists, yeah. but those feel a little bit more not obvious. But I don't know, like a logical follow through. Sure. The pottery one always kind of threw me as like, well, wow, that's that's not a direction I would have thought of, at, even <laughs> as a potter. <laughs> Was yeah, that? It's interesting that, about
4: um, sorry through you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I it is uh, retroactively this might maybe like 12 or 13 years i don't think i'll ever get to do this so i'm happy to share it uh i there was a time that i was really um i wasn't perturbed but it, it irritated me that there was like you had all of these beings in dnd going to a an inn um at the start of you know their adventure and no one has really thought about the the amounts and varied amounts of types of glassware needed to support, uh, the different types of hands and sizes that people need. Um, and you know, a warforged walks up to the bar and it's not going to get the same as a dwarf, uh, as far as what's going to work for him. So Mm -hmm. I had this, like I have this whole sketch notebook of like, well, this is what this person needs. And so this is going to have it. And I was going to make it all. Uh, and of course, you know, these are the types of things that stay in sketchbooks for a reason.
3: <laughs> I mean, but there's just so many places you could go with it. You know, yeah. a centaur walks into a bar. He was feeling a little hoarse. I mean, you know, I don't
1: know. Uh, the... Oh,
3: oh. Well, on that <laughs> note, I, <laughs> I just, I, I love how,
2: uh, D&D and role-playing games uh, in general inspire these lines of thought that get into the minutiae of these worlds that other people have created that y- you know as creators of worlds and Aaron's yeah. creative worlds that you didn't think of when you were creating that world. Someone else did, and they're like, that's really cool. Thank you for <laughs> playing in that corner of my universe. That's I, I love this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the unintended collaboration that we all end up having, um, especially from game playing where there is this collaboration that happens between players and and designers and artists. And uh, it's sorry. I think I was trying to go somewhere very philosophical with this, but essentially I feel like there's, I'm there with the cable.
4: Yeah. We're there. Keep
2: going. The, the, it's the, I, I just, I, I, I love seeing people get closer and closer to playing games isn't going to save the world or change the world, except it really is. The more that we play games together, the more we figure out how to problem solve at the table while we are together before we go back out into the world um, to actually do the work of ch- making those changes and making yeah. the world a better place. Yeah. So. Playing games can save the world.
1: I mean, it, by, it really by, that, like by that logic, it's the same as, um, you know, enrolling kids for team sports and stuff because it's supposed to build their cooperative skills and, mm-hmm. like, build enrichment for them. It's the same thing. But, you know, for indoor kids. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> right. For indoor kids. For indoor yeah. kids. Yeah. And, and a
1: lot kids. less to your body. That's
0: right? very true. Yeah, you never, uh, well, I don't want to say never, but I'm going to say it's very unlikely to get a concussion while playing a role-playing game.
3: Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> you haven't seen the decks I used. I uh, mean,
1: we were just talking the other day about space. Duck team. this is all I have to
2: say. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> okay. Um, so we've talked a lot about uh, illamath this evening. I know that... Uh, the two of you are always making stuff. What else do you have coming down that, that you can talk about or are willing to talk about right now? Cool. 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 Uh, Yeah.
4: Cute little game called cool, cool, cool. It's coming out Mm -hmm. uh, in April, first week of April. Um, And this, we um, worked with um, uh, uh, Mackenzie Schubert, who is the illustrator who did, um, uh, secret Hitler and in human conditions and is also local to Portland, our neighbor. Um, so, um, and that was just really fun. And again, it's like another, um, this is actually kind of goes along the lines of that little thing of, Hey, we're here to physically together. What happens? That little chemistry mm-hmm. thing. I was inspired because when we sometimes would um, sometimes a lot of times when we would uh, teach Illimat, um people would look at their, their hand and just kind of go, cool. And then like another person who is might not even know the person who is cross would say, cool, cool. And like, as a, like a little echo and then there would be like this knowing look and it's usually, you know, they, they know the game, the, the show it was from or something like that. But it kind of inspired me of how people use words that have different derivative, you know, like or derivative of a different meaning and mean something else. Um, so I love affirmative slang words. And I use the word slang because it originally meant one thing and is now another. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we have, it's just like a little fun slap game um, and uh, with changing rules uh, of affirmative words. So like sickening and cool, cool, cool and tight and uh, wicked um, and slay. So uh, it's just a fun little uh, game of shouting things. And, and one of the things I like about it is that I can explain it. And I'm not sure if I'm explaining it very well, but what happens is that when you're all together and you're all yelling these words, you know, these like words like, yeah, slay. Cool. 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 You know, it's, it has this like, what the hell are we all doing? This is so
3: weird.
4: <laughs> um, but it's fun. Everybody is rolling their eyes at us. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, um, uh, so it's just a fun little game. Um, And it was just fun to do the illustrations and to do something that just uh, was easy and approachable. Um, And then we've got a couple of other things in the hopper uh, that um, we can't talk about, but uh, Mm
3: -hmm. that
4: we're excited about. We're always talking about storytelling games. We are, um, of course, we've got the Adventure Zone and we put out an expansion for the Adventure Zone at the end of last year, um, uh, which I love that game. It's, It's kind of like... Uh, gloom to another level, and just uh... <laughs> except just
3: instead a... of wanting to die, you all want to succeed together. I I, I ah. got to tell you that
2: uh, one of my professional um, uh, professional blunders, and, and uh, I, I kick myself to this day, is not getting that that event scheduled with you uh, when you were putting that out. Uh, like I was. Juggling too many balls at that time, and I'm like, "Oh, I I need to get back to them. I don't know anything about this, though, but like, I I, I do want to do something, and things just fell through, uh, which is disappointing. You and know, then, the, and I'll then sorry. last year, I listened to the entirety of the Adventure Zone, and I went, "Oh, now I'm really kicking myself. <laughs> man, I'm up. oh man, I'm mad. I am so mad at myself because once I introduced myself. To the McElroys and their show, I'm like, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My-
4: yeah, yeah. And the humor of the game a lot opens that getting it to everybody. This kind of like uh, strangeness, but this like kind of sentimentalness that is kind of lovely about that that show. Um, you're making those types of stories, even if you don't know that, mm-hmm. that property. Um, because of just the elements that we kind of put together for it. And um, it's DMless, less And, and I, I love the idea of, like, people just kind of walking up to a table and making stories together. I do think that it actually kind of brings up, I think, one of the things, like, post-pandemic world that I think about um, is not worrying too much if a game is that we made just came out. <laughs> uh, you know, like, the Adventure Zone is a really great experience. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, I know that, like, it's not a, the fresh hot thing that's out there because it came out uh when no one could get together which was really great timing on our behalf of releasing the game um i don't recommend it <laughs> i mean we thought it was a good idea at the time we're like you know
3: but uh
4: december 2020 this is gonna knock everybody's socks off <laughs> um and, and it's so it's, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, is this cursed? And then you're like, no, it's out on the world. Like, people really enjoy it. Nobody, mm-hmm. like, I, and we could still do an event. I would still do an event for a game that came out, you know, in, in 2021. Uh, it's still great. It, you um, don't have to and, twist my arm. Yeah, and people still love the Adventure Zone. So let's do it. Um, and um somewhere, hey, uh, a the buyer of our store
2: is now squealing glee and she doesn't know why, but I get to <laughs> tell her tomorrow. <laughs> um,
4: right, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. What Keith and I used to do, I uh, used to run all of the um, game programming on the Joko Cruise, which is a full boat charter uh, ship. So thousands of geeks uh, on a ship in the Caribbean. Uh, we brought in a games library of like over 800 different titles. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but on cruise ships, the, the dining room tables are bolted to the to the floor so they don't tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, on the transfer day when you're getting on, we'd have, like, a whole crew coming in of unbolting tables so that we could open up the space and have a library in the dining room. And um, we had an old-fashioned, like, um, uh, library card system for checking in and out. And it was really oh, fun. Nice. Um, and, everywhere you looked all the time people were playing games and it was and we did amazing events we did a DD ta- uh event for game for 500 people it was like 80 tables or so. it was amazing uh, wow. plus all this you know i think we did about 15 hours of structured programming every day um, so we had a wist party i mean come on in in full period costume like oh, yes. wow. like the Bennets were there in spirit. Mister um, Darcy at ten thousand a year. <laughs> um, anyway, so we, uh, so we love putting on events, and we don't do that just because anymore, but it's just because it takes a lot of. Uh, it's
0: sorry about the train.
4: Oh, that's okay. <laughs> The
3: train. And, and, and does the train like mean like, oh, we're almost out of time. The train sound is <laughs> 9 o'clock out. Well, it's funny. I did get the signal of like, we should get close to wrapping it
0: up soon.
4: Uh, yeah. we, we are coming up on time. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but by all means, finish your last yeah, thought. Yeah, before please. we Anyway, um, and part of it is the same reason why I, uh, you know, uh, moonlight for a couple hours a week at uh, board game because I love uh, it's so important for me as a game designer and for us to kind of bring back to the table, how do people choose a game? Uh, mm-hmm. What do they come in and say they want? What do, what are they playing? You know, uh, a lot of people come in and say, here's a tip designers. A lot of people come in and say, I play ticket to ride or Catan. What do you, what, what do you have next? Um, or I play wingspan. What do you have next? Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, so do you have, are you going to make the next thing after that and why and who's it for? So those Mm -hmm. things are really great. And uh, it's just fun to see people play games and even games that aren't yours. So, um, Mm -hmm. so I'm very happy to do any events and and run those for Guardian or anyone else.
3: And I just have to say, I'm really excited to reveal our next game, Take It to Catan.
4: You're
3: on eagles, uh, you're
4: on, you're on birds. And Drop little, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Wingspan, Catan. It basically
1: prints money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep.
4: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well,
1: um, where should people go to follow along and be aware of any updates that come up, such as Ticket to Catan and <laughs> events where you will live demo this game?
4: Um, well, you can follow us at uh, Together Studios T W O. G E T H E R S and at, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter until it dies. Um, and Facebook, although I just, we just put the Instagram stuff on there. Um, <laughs> and of course, Keith, uh, has, I mean, we've got private accounts, but those are the best, but yeah. uh, go to togetherstudios.com and join our mailing list. We do do a monthly, um, a newsletter and some months we also throw in a free one-page RPG. So um, uh, it's kind of fun to just uh, do little one-shots. I yeah. have one last. You can
1: make it just like a like a elevator pitch uh, answer. But how do you feel about having a newsletter? Oh, you jerk. <laughs> is, it, is it helpful?
4: To, is it helpful to your business? Do you enjoy doing it? Is it like? Do you have an ROI? You know, I. Uh, I, I get anxious writing it. So it's like probably the number one thing that I do that is um, the most anxiety producing, but uh, you know, you can put a post out and if you're not online for that hour uh, you can post all day long and you still don't reach your audience. So uh, the most important thing is uh, to establish a relationship with the people that want to see you succeed and are enjoying your games. And, um, and the, best way to do that because platforms come and go is to try to get uh, their email address. That's true. So, but not bombard them with like stuff all the time. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I have a feeling I just like really helped somebody out maybe, I don't know, by saying that. Okay,
0: good. Yeah.
4: Yes. We were complaining about <laughs> I, that before the
0: show I started. I to
4: prove a point, I guess. I used oh, to okay. do a
0: newsletter like 20 years ago. I'm like, I want to go back to doing a newsletter. They're coming
4: back, baby and it's super simple like i try to keep it to two to three different things and add something that adds brings people uh you know add something to their day like here's a free rpg uh here is a a little video that we did for you here is you know like it's just stuff and if people don't really want to read it they'll just ignore it and so you might as well just
1: do it. But at least no one is suppressing your email.
0: Okay. You've made your point. Sell it past the close. All right. I'm looking at one-page role-playing because I think right now my favorite one-page role-playing game is the ghost of Jonathan Frakes is asking you a question and you must not answer him.
4: Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I'm fascinated. We're going to have to it's, talk about this next week. It's year, ridiculous. We but one, it's pretty good. Actually, one that we do uh, is Dadlands that we worked uh, with on a very little min, uh, limited level with, for, with the McElroys and it's, it's about dads uh, and you have to reach into your candy pack to come out with uh, different things. So it's really fun.
0: All right. Nice. Oh, Thank lands. you for that. Oh my
4: God. Oh uh, well,
1: Keith and Jen, thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, and we're super excited to play Illumette next week.
4: Yay!
2: Yeah, we're gonna, we really? are going to play Illumette on the show. Yeah, dude, live so. next oh, week. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh,
4: well, we gotta bring you a, a, you know, a preview then of the,
0: yeah, then get
4: show.
3: you oh, some okay. Yeah,
4: right.
3: I
0: know that that if is we can. When a cable's points of pride, is still to anyone who he gives the opportunity to tell it to when he's pitching Gloom. He's like, you know, I beat Keith Baker at Gloom live <laughs> on my show.
3: Now's when I finally reveal. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, true. That, so, that see, why are so- you inviting us to play <laughs> Illumax?
1: Yeah, it's a story. It's the story he tells to your benefit, ultimately. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: Fair
2: I, I tell that story, and they're like, "Great, I I buy the game." <laughs> yep. So. Fair enough. All
0: well, right. Thanks
4: for having yeah, us. Thank I re- you. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's always a great time. I'm Sure, we'll have you on again with all kinds of new games coming out, or just you know, yeah. For yeah, fun. we're
1: ready. We're yeah. ready when you are. Excellent. All right.
0: Actually, if we Good. all have Good some dirty
4: you, colas.
3: Honey. <laughs> oh yeah!
4: Hi, Jennifer Hi. Ellis. Welcome to Neil from Utah. Yeah,
3: no. my Bye. charming Garrett. <laughs> All
4: right, have a good night, everyone. You
3: night day. Thanks.
0: Good night, Bye.
1: Awkward oh, little pause. That was awesome. Yeah, they're so much fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: For sure.
1: As are their games.
2: <laughs> they are. Dadlands.
1: Um, You're gonna have to tell tell us about Dadlands after the show. Oh my god! Clearly, okay. that's hilarious.
0: Well, maybe it, we'll get you to run it, that daddy RPG that I oh, got you. Oh yeah, all the those hot, years dads. With hot dads. Hot
1: Yeah, I know. Um, I really should do that. I'm, I I'm, I have performance anxiety about it.
2: Bex knows. Bex is in the know. Mm.
1: Bex is always in the know. Yeah, because she's oh, such a cool person. Ah,
0: well, we should wrap up the show.
1: We should. We're we should. we're over time, but we I think it was worth it. I think that was that was a fun conversation.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be playing Illumet Live here on the show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Till then, bye, everybody. Oh, and up uh, on the off chance you've listened to the show, and you live in the Pacific Northwest, and you're going to Dark Arts in Astoria, uh, Denise and I will be there. So say hi.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, I have an extra ticket if you wish, <laughs> if you know somebody who could not get in uh, and is a cool person uh, and and has a place to stay. Yeah, I have a ticket that I could. Not, I have not been able to give away because no
0: one can get a place to stay. Yeah, that's know. the trick. That's but the so, trick. Somewhere
1: out there is somebody who is like, "Oh, I have someone I could stay with if I had a ticket." <laughs> well, I send that person my way.
0: All right. Well, with that, uh, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. Talk to y'all next week.
1: Bye. Bye.